participate in a politics of cynicism or do we participate in a politics of hope? But when we are together, we got power and we can make decisions. I stand before you today as a candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency of the United States of America. The promise of a more perfect union is what Fannie Lou Hamer was talking about when she said, nobody's free till everybody's free. Grassroots movements, academia, business, and even in the White House, black women are more visible in these sectors of American society than ever before. There is, however, one important space of American democracy where black women are nearly invisible, and that's the United States Senate, the country's highest legislative body. Now, there is 100 U.S. Senate seats representing American people. But as of this day in 2016, not one is occupied by a black woman. And in fact, the Senate is 94 percent white and 80 percent male. That is old school. That's a definition of old school. The Senate is charged with overseeing all the branches of the federal government. Senators propose, author, and vote on federal laws that really affect every aspect of our lives, both at home and abroad. They're supposed to represent, uphold, and protect the interests of the American people at the highest levels of government. So there's a huge miss to not have black women with our brilliance and contribution and commitment uh, at the table. Only one black woman's ever been elected to serve in the U.S. Senate. That was a Democrat from Chicago who was elected in 92, and she only served one term. That's Carol Mosley Braun. Now, this year in 2016, the Democratic Party had the opportunity to elect a second black woman to the U.S. Senate uh, out of the state of Maryland. They had an opportunity to elect a strong progressive, a true champion of social justice who knows and understands firsthand the realities uh, that face people today. And so let's take a closer look at how that played out. Today, I'm lifting my sights a little higher too. I'm announcing my candidacy for the United States Senate. The corporate special interests are going to come at me with all their money. But if you'll join me in this fight, there's no way we can't win. Her name is Donna Edwards. That's Congresswoman Donna Edwards. And the Democratic Party the party that prides itself on being the party of inclusion, missed the moment. Democrats failed to see the value of a progressive black woman serving in the U.S. Senate seat. Congresswoman Edwards knew big money would try to discredit her candidacy, and still she knew she would be successful with strong support from the voters. But the Democratic Party, its leadership, and some key members of Congress did not join her in the fight, in fact, worked actively against her, And as a result, the party failed us miserably. While in D.C., I sat down with Jessica Byrd, an expert on electoral politics and a consultant who's worked for many national-level campaigns, to ask her about her work with the Donna Edwards campaign and the time that she spent full-time the last two weeks before the Maryland primary. I've been a political operative working specifically with Democrats for the last decade, and I can tell you everyone says they want this. Everyone. And by this, Jessica's referring to greater diversity and inclusion in our elected offices and campaigns. Democratic values is to have a big tent party. You get under our tent 
and you know and and we want you here but then when it's in front of us then when it's happening we do this thing where we're like well not in my backyard this is what happened in Donna Edwards campaign to give you a bit of background uh, Congresswoman Donna Edwards is the first black woman ever elected to that body in Maryland she's been in this position since 2008 from representing the 4th Congressional District, which includes most of Prince George's County. While in Congress, she was a progressive fighter for women's reproductive rights, championing uh, equal pay for equal work, protecting the homes of American veterans during the economic crisis of 08, and she authored legislation to create 10,000 jobs in her state. She comes with a background as a community activist, a nonprofit executive, a lawyer, and an engineer, as well as being a single mom, which she talked about during the campaign. She campaigned to represent Maryland in the Senate, and Maryland is the fourth blackest state in our country. African Americans make up 30.1% of the state's population and are a whopping 37% of the Democratic Party voters in Maryland. So with numbers like that, a black candidate should have had an excellent chance of winning the Democratic nomination. So why didn't the Democratic Party stand with her? Instead, um, Congressman Chris Van Hollen, who uh, represents a neighboring congressional district, um, literally the day after, um, he announces that he is going to to also go for the seat. Uh, Majority Leader Harry Reid uh, endorses him. The very next day. So what does it mean for Democratic leader Harry Reid to jump on board the very next day? I mean, he's all the way in Nevada. It signals to party leaders, uh, other elected officials, other insiders to get in line. It says, as, as you know, majority leader, that he has, he has done the evaluation of the race and that he knows you know, the better person. I mean, we're talking about a person who has led the party and has the ability to really whip his colleagues, you know, behind him. Let's now turn to NBC News senior political reporter Perry Bacon Jr. It's an issue of familiarity and who we expect to run and who we sort of lined up and who's who we think is credential based on our views of credential. I think it's the same, a lot of factors, the same reason why the media maybe isn't as diverse as it could be. I suspect there's a lot of these kind of, this is what we think a Senate candidate looks like and how they behave. I think there's a little bit of a, not a lack of qualified people, there's a lack of recognition of qualified people. And so Reed's endorsement meant that the Democratic voting bloc would follow his lead. This would influence several key areas, political spending to outreach to voters and other powerful endorsements that Congresswoman Edwards woulda, coulda received, but didn't. And last but not least, it would influence the actual vote. Donna Edwards lost the nomination to Congressman Van Hollen. Both candidates are progressives and have similar stances on some key issues, but there are some differences. Van Hollen is more willing to concede to the right And he's a white man, and that matters. And so what happens, um, and typically we call these folks gatekeepers, is that people with platforms, elected leaders, uh, the heads of national organization, people who have the ability to affect resources or to talk to the media, they did so. 
And they did so not only to demonstrate their support for Congressman Van Hollen, but also to um, plant a seed that uh, Congresswoman Edwards was not ready for the seat, that she was not a person that we should go out on a limb for. As an elected leader, Donna Edwards has been willing to take some pretty bold progressive stances and has taken some risks as a leader, as opposed to Van Hollen, who is a favorite of Democratic leadership and the establishment. There is an entrenched um, an entrenched establishment system in the state. And, you know, I don't think this is unique to Maryland. Um, these gates close on really incredible uh, potential leaders all over this country, and I've seen it up and down the ballot. What really, what really got you? Working for Democrats, working within a progressive movement that claims all the time that they have the referendum on progress, that we are the party that uh, that does that, um, and then to when the the minute that Donna Edwards even fixed her lips to say. Progress for me means all of the ish, those issues that we hold dear and also the fact that I'm a black woman and that I'm a black single mom who raised a uh, son on mostly on my own, that I've had these specific experiences. That to me also means progress. The minute she said that, she was belittled to an identity politics candidate. We are drastically far from the reflective democracy that people say so, so much that they, that they aspire to. I was actually talking to one of Hillary's staff, uh, Hillary Clinton's staff, and I said, you guys are doing really well with minorities, and she was, and I said, and I was with them paying attention, she was like, you really should stop saying minorities. They, you know, we're, we're not the minority for that much longer. In the Democratic primary, the people, there is no real majority. That's like it's The Democratic primary particularly is a diverse coalition of people, and we should think about it that way and phrase it that way. Emily's List campaigned for Donna Edwards, and they were pretty explicit at times in saying, we are working for Donna Edwards in part because we need more black women. We need a black woman in the Senate. And I think Donna Edwards, after her campaign ended, she wrote a, she wrote a piece in Cosmo that was very direct about saying black women are the backbone of the Democratic Party. They're the people who elected Barack Obama. Why are we not representing the Senate? So I do, I do wonder if now if people – as people engage that issue more directly and say we need more than zero or more than one, that that'll in some ways upset the system, cause the system to be changed. Like I, I, I wondered when Harry Reid endorsed Dan Holland so early, I was surprised by that. And I wonder if you, if you create a situation in which people are sort of aware we're trying to, you know, the party's trying to elect more black women. If in another case like that, you'll see maybe party leaders be more reluctant, be a little bit more reluctant to not endorse the sort of the white male candidate immediately. People of color, progressive whites, our new American majority voters. Where do we go from here? This is at a, a pivot point. And they're either going to demonstrate through their very serious hiring of people of color political operatives, their training of people of color candidates and uh, campaign staff, and their investment in engaging voters of color. Um, they're going to demonstrate that they care about that or they're not. And we're going to feel that and, um, you know, find alternative options. And so my... Well, the alternative option is... The Lemonade Party. <laughs>
And for those of us black women that are listening, Jessica has a bit of advice for us. Know your worth. We are the backbone of the Democratic voting bloc. Democratic presidents, Democratic statewide candidates literally cannot win if we don't show up. And we always show up. And what we know about black women is when we show up, we take our church with us, we take our sorority with us, we take our, you know, our entire family, our kids are sitting on our lap. We are the community, right? When we talk about black voters in this country, we are talking about black women. They make up 60% of the black voting bloc. Um, So know your worth, but don't just stop there. If you are right now, if you're listening and you are thinking about running for office, you know, Google is your friend. Uh, Google uh, the types of positions that are available in your uh, in your city, state district uh, by going to your secretary of state's website, going to the board of elections. Just start doing your own research. Um, This is sometimes uh, annoyingly hard to find, but you can find it. Um, I would also say is that become a political giver. Even five to ten dollars every once in a while to a political campaign to a candidate who has an uphill battle is helpful. It demonstrates that that person is able to build a political base outside of the usual suspects. And so if you can, um, I would highly Uh, recommend that you give to a political campaign of a person who's talking about your issues. Like it's time to show that there are incentives to doing the right thing and talking about the right issues. And Congresswoman Donna Edwards has a message for the Democratic Party. You cannot celebrate inclusion and diversity. Hear me now to my Democratic Party. You cannot show up in churches before Election Day. You cannot sing the first and last verse of Lift Every Voice and Sing. You cannot join hands and walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge and call that post-racial and inclusion. This is Amy Allison with Democracy in Color, the voice of the new American majority. Special thanks to Jessica Byrd, Perry Bacon Jr., and kudos to Congresswoman Donna Edwards for a well-fought campaign. We are not done with you yet. And there is a lot of reason to hope. With the results of the California primary, Kamala Harris is positioned to be the second black woman in history to be in the U.S. Senate. And there's a myriad of women of color running at the congressional and the state legislature level. So the fight is just heating up and we'll continue to discuss and highlight uh, our progress there. Okay, I want you to know something. I am writing a book that's coming out in September 2016 on the new politics of women of color. I'm really excited. It is the very first book of its kind to look at women of color. Latinas, African-American, Asian Pacific Islanders, Native women, and Arab women that are all coming together for progressive change in this country. And I'm going to delve into the reasons, like Donna Edwards' race, that there aren't more of us fairly represented at every level of government. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Justice Matters Press is the publisher, and it comes out in September 2016. So mark your calendars. I'll be talking more about that in future episodes. 
You can listen to future episodes on democracyandcolor.com, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you appreciate this podcast as much as we appreciate you, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter. Tell a friend, a colleague, or neighbor to tune in for their dose of political intelligence. Democracy in Color is a project of PowerPack Plus. This episode was produced by Lulu Matute and recorded in Emeryville, California. Thanks for listening.